Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Thanks for joining us on Business Radio X. This is Duffy Dixon. Also joining me are two leaders from Soar Vision Group. Ben Sawyer is the chief executive officer. Ben has over 30 years of executive leadership experience. He has significant guided strategy deployment experience, and he's worked with many clients to achieve dramatic, sustainable operational performance and greatly improve their outcomes. Jennifer Strahan is the president of Business Optimization Services for Soar Vision Group. Jennifer has partnered with more than 100 health systems and businesses across the U.S., helping them transform their strategic and administrative operations. And this is called a deep dive, but we are lucky enough to have back with us this week, Paul Grizel. He is the president of Core Values Partners, and you help organizations focus, align, and accelerate their improvement efforts. You use the Baldridge Framework for Performance Excellence and also the European Foundation for Quality Management Criteria. You know, last show we talked a lot about the Baldridge Foundation, and uh, we also talked about how everything is about the culture when it comes to a business, when it comes to a company, and we likened it to a tree. And I loved this analogy. I think this is something that any business can really wrap their heads around as far as when you're talking about your company, what you need, explain the tree. I actually have the graphic here, so I'm looking at it. Ben, describe this. Yeah, so think of landscaping a property. You have to put in the structure. So bringing the trees in and planting them well and making sure they're set up for growth is a part of of making that successful. And the tree has certain characteristics. It has a root system. It has a trunk. It has branches. It has leaves. And if it's a fruit tree, you want to make sure that it's healthy. So we talked last week about that reference as it relates to an organization, that the mission, vision, values of an organization are essentially its root system that the sap, which is really critical, it's well, you don't see it, but it's really providing life, is the statement of purpose or why do we exist? And that has to get to all parts of the tree to be able to be successful. We talked about the growth and development of a tree being dependent on the ability of, um, in this case, all the people within the tree, if you will, to be able to work well together around that statement of purpose. And we'll get into more of that today, what that means. Then the trunk are the strategies, the mother strategies, the pillars that are, this is what we're about, this is what we're going to try to accomplish. The distal branches then are the initiatives and the um, uh, action items that are uh, underway to be able to bear fruit And ultimately, the fruit then are the performance measures or the outcomes. And we talked about how it's not acceptable to have only one part of the tree producing. That in fact, and we're going to talk more about this, being able to ensure that all components of the organization are working well together in synchrony, in an orchestrated way, what we call decision rights management, is really critical and also effective information flow. Not having those, those are two very common failure modes that we'll talk a little bit about today. But um, let me turn to Jennifer next because, Jennifer, you have some thoughts about that the, the tree analogy and how it's applied. 
Sure. So for someone speaking who is not a gardener and two-thirds of everything I plant die, <laughs> other than when it comes to strategy execution systems. Yes, you're good at that. Just stick to that. <laughs> the great analogy with the, the tree is that you can see the connection, again, all the way from the front line back to the pillars or the strategies that you're working on, which are often multi-year strategies and how they start to dive into annual objectives and things that you're targeting to where it goes from something that's very um, – sometimes a little abstract when you're thinking about something like, oh, achieve top decile quality performance. Well, for a frontline team member, what does that mean? That's that's just not very relatable. But if you can relate that down to what does that mean for me as a nurse or for me as a frontline individual, then you can actually say, what are my tasks doing that support that? The struggle is that we all want the fruit, but we don't necessarily want to put in or understand how to put in the hard work to get there. And so one of the thoughts I would actually love for us to kind of talk about is what are some of the the approaches and the methodologies that we can use in an organization to help us be able to get that fruit? So Paul, maybe you can lead us off with that. So what are some of the things that for organizations to really metaphorically function as a healthy tree, that they have to be aware of and really exercise as kind of, this is what we do around here to be able to be successful? Yeah, interesting thing. If if we were to say, well, what what kind of culture would we have in an organization to accomplish that? Um, you can see many organizations with very different cultures, but they're successful. And um, there's not one culture that we can say this is the right culture or this is the wrong culture, other than a culture of performance excellence that says we're not satisfied with mediocrity. We are focused on our customers. We're focused on engaging our employees. We're focused on driving results. And most of those are uh, are demonstrated in the Baldridge core values and concepts that we talked about last week. Uh, having a systems perspective, uh, visionary leadership, things like that. So if you want to understand what a culture of performance excellence is, look at those core values and concepts of in the Baldridge framework. Okay, so perfect. So for the listeners, let's connect the pictures or the metaphors, all right? So we're talking about a tree, and a tree is representative as an organization. An organization has a hierarchy of needs. In this case, the tree has a hierarchy of needs. What you just described is they have to be able to execute well in their strategy, right? The tree has to be able to garner nutrients, uh, be able to deliver the sap to all all parts of the of the the rest of the tree, etc. It has to have an organization has to have good financial performance. Good financial performance is a representation of fruit, and it's a representation of efficient practices and so forth. Uh, an organization has to be able to deliver customer value that is differentiated so that they are successful in the organization. A tree needs to produce fruit that is good to eat and to utilize, and therefore people are going to come back to that tree. Uh, an organization needs to have organizational effectiveness, meaning all of the different parts work in synchrony and in an orchestrated way. A tree has to make sure that all the branches are working well together. You can't just have one branch sucking all the sap and saying, hey, I don't really care about you because I need to bear fruit on my side of the tree. It doesn't work that way. It's Everyone has to share and be uh, a part of essentially managing that statement of purpose. And then finally, an organization has to have colleague engagement. 
A tree has to be able to have a foundation uh, that all the moving parts of a, of a tree are working well together and all of them are working off the, the roots. So those metaphors actually are very, very co- closely entwined. When we talk about an organizational hierarchy of needs and we describe a tree, they are essentially the same thing, just represented with a different metaphor. Is that fair? I would absolutely agree. And if I were to take the tree metaphor and apply it to the Baldridge framework, the um, the core values and concepts of Baldridge, as well as the organization's specific mission, vision, values, are that are that root system. the The strategic objectives, what they the the big rocks that they're wanting to accomplish, would be the trunk. And when you get into the criteria itself, those are the processes, how we do things that you're going to to, to be able to demonstrate fruit those results so so effectively pruning the processes of an organization whether it's leadership processes customer processes it doesn't matter what kind of processes being effective at those processes is what's going to drive results so i have two questions then one for you paul and one for jennifer and that is the gardening function there's a gardener that's making sure that the tree is pruned and supported and gets the appropriate water and so forth for a tree to really be successful. And now it's I know why all of my gardens die. <laughs> there you yeah, go. The whole water thing, water pruning, and pruning. Yeah. So because of that, we'll start with Paul. No, I'm just teasing. Fair but, enough. But the Baldridge consultant is a gardener, essentially, to an organization, metaphorically, right? So, so describe that a little bit. Like, what is the what is the Baldridge consultant doing for the tree, similar to what you do for an organization? And can right? you, in that response, explain the distinction between a Baldridge consultant and a Baldridge examiner? Because yeah. we've brought the terminology yes. up a couple of times. That in the would last, be great. Session last Very week. good. Let me let me address that first. Um, each year, there are probably about 400, 450 Baldridge examiners that are trained by the Baldridge Performance Excellence Program. Those people are trained to evaluate organizations. They're volunteers, and as they go through this process, they're volunteering 100 to 150 hours per year, in addition to their regular work, uh, to evaluate and help put together a feedback report that details strengths and opportunities for improvement for organizations who are serious about moving forward on their performance excellence journey. Baldridge consultants, on the other hand, are, organiz- are, are people who work with organizations that are on that Baldridge journey to, you know, as my mission statement says, to help focus, line, and accelerate their performance excellence journeys. Our purpose really is to help organizations understand the criteria, which in all actuality can be fairly complex for a first-time user to help them understand it, to coach leaders especially on how to approach this journey and how to use that criteria to identify where those strengths and opportunities for for improvement lie and how to address them based on our experience in working with organizations across industry boundaries. One of the things that I find to be very valuable with with Baldridge Consultants is we tend to have experience that crosses healthcare, manufacturing, education, and we're able to bring best practices into those organizations that we work with, which in in my opinion is really the thing that helps accelerate 
So, so before you answer part two of the question, which is sort of what is the Baldridge consultant in our metaphor, the gardener, uh, doing, uh, before you do that, um, if I am uh, the homeowner, the property owner, and I want a really good gardener, when I look for a consultant, I really want to look for someone who has won, right, who has who has brought organizations to a level of success, not because, like we talked about last week, of the award, but because it demonstrates that the journey itself has been successful. Is that fair? Is that, a, is that, a, is that representative? I would agree. We, you, what you want to do is find a, a consultant who is able to work with your organization, in, and you look for a personality that's going to fit with your organization. Um, you want to find one that has helped that, organization make progress on that journey to uh, whether it's actually being a recipient for a state or a regional program or the national quality award program most of all you're looking for those consultants who have been able to help that organization make significant progress in improving results right and and paul i'm going to put you on the spot because um you're he likes doing that. You're otherwise <laughs> self-effacing and wouldn't wouldn't toot your own horn. But you have had a fair amount of success with this, have you not, in terms of both national and regional and or state uh, awards? I've helped organizations who have become recipients of the, the national as well as state and regional quality awards. Um, but I, I would have to say that that's that's satisfying. But the most satisfying thing is when you when you see the results improving in an organization, when you see the leaders in the organization becoming better leaders. That you know that when when your engagement with them is over, that they're going to be a better organization moving forward, and they're setting their organization up to be sustainable into the future. So I think with that response, you got into part two, which is, so what does a good gardener do? Um, And I I think you just started answering that, which is a lot of the work is with leaders. But give us one other thing before I turn this to Jennifer relative to uh, dealing with blocks and obstacles that often happen in tree gardening as well as in organizations. But Okay. What, are, what are a couple other things that good gardeners do? Well, uh, I'll, to, to get to your analogy of the gardener, the consultant is not the person who goes in and trims the tree. The consultant is the person who goes in with the owner of the tree and says, you know what, let's look at what what this tree is producing and let's figure out where you need to trim so that when that consultant leaves, that person still knows what needs to happen. Jennifer, my coaching to you might be, you know what? Maybe you ought to focus on cactus. Okay? <laughs> probably, you can't kill those. <laughs> so it's a really important lately. coaching function. It's, it, is, it is a coaching function. I really don't like the word consultant because it's, it's got some, somewhat of a negative connotation. But that idea of coaching is really what you ought to be finding as right. somebody who's going to to help you move forward as opposed to an extra pair of hands to come in. And that's that's more we've talked about. That's empowerment versus it doesn't help if you have someone come in and do the pruning for you and then they leave and you're stuck with, wait a minute, how did they do that? Right. What if I have to do it again? Which you will have to do it again. That That's the difference between a consultant who comes in and says, do it this way. Or a partner. Right, It's a, right, exactly. It's what do you think should happen? 
why should it happen, and how are you going to do it? That's it, right. that's a huge part of it. So, Jennifer, you know, when we think about organizations and use the metaphor of a tree, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. Um, there's blockages. There's there's storms. There's whatever. So let's talk about organizational improvement in the metaphor of. How many ways have I killed a tree? (laughs) Well, number one, this is going to be a long list. (laughs) Get ready, people. We'll be here a while. Back to cactus. Yeah, (laughs) I did not get the right type of tree. (laughs) Okay, so I think there's there's actually a lot of different areas in reality where people can fail because in. In honesty, it's a lot easier to fail than it is to succeed. Uh, but if you recognize those and fail quickly, then you can get to success a whole lot faster. So true story, even though two-thirds of my garden died the very first time I replaced everything, every time it got a little bit less. So it got expensive, and then I just hired someone. But uh, ultimately, those are the perks of it. So when you're thinking about this from an organizational standpoint, I think it goes back to the gaps we reference often. So the visibility gap, the, the performance gap, the knowledge gap, and not understanding or recognizing where are we falling short? Is it all three of these areas? Is it one of these areas? Um, so as an example, so you've talked a lot about leadership. Paul has mentioned this. We've talked about this a lot over the show, but especially in the last show, um, and not having that full support of leadership. Two, I think a huge area organizations fail is they don't have discipline to balance out what are my top priorities. So you can't go into an organization and say, we've got 80 different initiatives or strategic initiatives, I should say, launching this year. And that's actually not uncommon. Um, You might have tactics and, and specific targets and actions that are driving those, but you have to have, you know, a very small amount, three to five at the most. And I want to say there are studies that have shown that anytime it's greater than one, that as your number of goals go up, your, your chances of success go down. So one is having discipline and having that balance between focus and flexibility. So you have to be focused on what your end goal is. You have to be able to adapt, but you can't be so flexible that you don't say no to anything. Uh, The other thing I'd mention is that when you think about organizations, so a lot of organizations, and again, I'll relate this to healthcare, but it's actually relevant across all industries, they have an improvement methodology, right? So they get into something like we're a lean, lean six sigma organization. And I think we've probably brought this up, but I don't think we've really explained it. So maybe I can take a minute to kind of walk through that. I would love that because we've said before on this program that Ben is a lean black belt, that Jennifer is a lean six sigma master black belt. And I think Paul, you have the same Mm -hmm. designation. What does that mean? So that's a great question, Duffy. Um, so we talk it's about it. It's not karate. That, I know that. That's true. <laughs> even, though, even though that is the first assumption. Chop, chop. Yes. Um, so similar to karate, Lean Six Sigma, they typically designate their levels of knowledge by belt. So the darker the belt, the higher the level of knowledge or the more experience and exposure you've had to those concepts. Um, so both Lean and Six Sigma, they're actually two different methodologies that came together. They're intended to increase value to your ultimate customer. That's, that's in a nutshell what they're doing. They do that typically through slightly different approaches. So lean was brought up through, and the way it, was, it, it became more famous was through um, Toyota production system. So Toyota recognized that, hey, especially in competing with the American market, we could bring a differentiator. If you guys recall on our website, that's one of the top things for strategy execution, is that if we can differentiate ourselves in the market, we could do that by getting cars to the customer faster 
cheaper and giving them more flexibility. And so it was a lot about how do we give them what they want faster, but you have to maintain quality. But the focus was really on speed there. So Motorola actually was one of the companies that really founded and started the work within Six Sigma. And it's a different approach, but still on how do we bring value, high value to the customer. Their approach is how do we reduce variation? So in other words, I want to go into a restaurant or a business and I want to know that I'm going to get the same service every time because you can have really great service one day, but if you go back and it's absolutely awful, awful, you don't want to, you don't want to keep going because you don't want to be consistency. Right. Same thing. If you're picking a doctor, I don't want someone that's got a wide range for mortality. I want to (laughs) know you might have a really good day, but what if I'm here on a bad day? Right? Like I want to know what I'm getting is consistent. And so that's intended to really focus on quality. But there's a balance in every organization. Certain goals you might have to focus a little bit more on efficiency. Certain goals you have to focus a little bit more on um, quality. Really good example. We were chatting before the show talking about airline industries. Uh, there's, I think I've alluded to this before, but there's a little clip you can watch back from like 2009 that says, if air, air travel works like healthcare, it's quite funny, six minutes or so. So watch it. It's worth a laugh. Uh, But if you think about it, the airline industry has really done a good job at saying, what are the things that are important? Do I get my customers to their end destination alive and well? But on the flip side of that, we lose luggage a little bit more often, right? So they operate at two different levels. They've had to prioritize their goals. We do the same thing in every other business, right? We pick what are the priorities that we designate more time or resources to. So long-winded answer, but back to your question around how do organizations fail. One is that when they're looking at their efforts around Lean Six Sigma, it becomes just a tactic to say, oh yeah, we've implemented that check. And they've not really looked at it culturally to say, how have we supported the organization across the board? Have we gotten our tree analogy? Have we gotten our soil in a, in a, in a way that's really ready for production or in terms of, um, what is it called? Growth. Yeah. And production. Growth yeah. and yeah, fruit. So it'll kind of produce fruit. So on the flip side, you have to think too, are we all competing against each other or are we collaborating with each other? Do we understand how our, our value stream or our um, overall workflows all work together? And if we don't have that transparency and if we don't have the knowledge to be able to actually execute on improvement and drive change, then we're not going to get the fruit even if we really right. want so it. Getting, so getting back to our example, because the... We talk about a lot of complicated things, but these two examples of a tree and an organizational needs hierarchy are pretty easy to understand. So in a tree, part of understanding the problem is understanding the root cause. So if I am a gardener and I see that a branch is not producing fruit, so I just cut the branch off, that may not be at all what's going on. Right. It could be a drought, for example, <laughs> right. and maybe it just needs water and it can come back. Or it could be something in the root system. There could be a, a, a bug or some kind of an infestation that's creating a problem. So a big part of Lean Six Sigma and continuous improvement and and Baldrige Consulting is really being able to understand what's actually causing the tree not to be as productive not just the symptom but the cause what's the root causal factor and a big problem that we've seen in organizational uh, engagement is they peripheralize their lean six sigma so what that means is they're running around putting out fires they're tyrannized by the urgent and the important just goes the other way kind of back to what jennifer's talking about with prioritization so they they do have lean six sigma 
but it's out on the periphery. They're cutting off branches and splicing branches and doing whatever, where actually the real action is in the heart of the tree. Is the, are the root systems strong? Is the external environment actually being supportive of tree growth? Is sap getting to the appropriate spots? Because that actually would have a much greater impact on the tree, or in this metaphor, the organization. So, Paul. Yeah, Ben, one, one thing I hear from multiple organizations who are considering a Baldridge performance excellence journey is, well, you know what, we're a, we're a Six Sigma organization, or we have, we have a lean culture here. And I tell them, you know, don't think of this as a competing initiative to what you're doing with Lean and Six Sigma. A Baldridge Performance Excellence Journey is going to help your Lean initiative. It's going to help your Six Sigma initiative because in what we call Category 6, the operations category of Baldridge, it specifically asks how do you design, how do you manage, and how do you improve your key products and work processes? Okay, so it's asking, how do you use Lean? How do you use Six Sigma? How does it align to organizational performance review where you see a metric going in the wrong direction? How does that factor its way into a Lean right. project to improve it? How does leadership support that Lean initiative? Right. So it's not a how check does, in the box. It's not a checking the box. It's... It's how is that Lean or Six Sigma performance initiative integrated into everything you do from leadership to strategic planning to um, organizational performance review. And if you think about, back to your point around peripheral projects, it stems because a lot of times what happens is whenever we've got, we might have a Lean Six Sigma team or they might be embedded in quality or the project management office or whatever the case is, and it's often and it should not be, but it's often disconnected from the strategy. And so when there's not a direct connection of, hey, here are the initiatives we need to be working on, and then you allocate your resources to target those initiatives, what happens instead is they're just taking in work from whoever will take them. And that's where it becomes they're just distal projects that they're not actually tied back. So it's, oh, well, so-and-so wants us to improve this, so we've got the resources, and we don't have something else that's more important yet, so let's go help them. And that's great, but that may or may not actually be one of the most important ways that you could be using those resources. And and one of the other critical things um, that, that works well in this metaphor is the tree has to be able to do stuff itself to heal itself. So just like an organization, the, the, uh, the people that are in the department – that you're doing the improvement with need to take on that skill set and be able to solve, understand and solve their own problem. Right. So, you know, we think about Lean Six Sigma, there's a lot of tools and concepts that you use, but it's ultimately a support of a, a culture of performance excellence, as Paul mentioned earlier. And it's embedded in frontline team member respect, empowerment and and engagement. And if we don't have those those things, then it's not going to be sustained because they don't own it in the long run. Right. So, Paul, um, in, a, in a good Baldridge consulting engagement, then, it's not about short-term gains. It's certainly not just about winning an award. It's really about the demonstration of organizational excellence and that they can sustain that and use it as they go forward to even become better. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it is. And in 
the senior leadership item within the uh, within the criteria there's one area that i always tell leadership of an organization embarking on this journey that this may be the most important part of the criteria and it gets to how do you create an environment for success now and in the future and when it really comes down to it isn't that what leadership is all about is ensuring that 10 years from now this organization this tree is thriving and so i always point to that as being one of the most important parts of the criteria is that's what it's all about right and that by the way has a lot to do with leadership development succession planning um, what i what we often see in the um, uh, uh, dramatic industries the understudy right in other words there is a primary actor or actress and then they have an understudy who is a learner but that can step in and ultimately become a star at their own level. And that's really inherent in leadership. It's not just about now, but but what can we do to create a sustainable future through our, our evolving leaders? One of the reasons that's a differentiating factor around good leaders versus poor leaders, to say, is that it's really hard to lose your superstars. But if you're not doing a good job of getting your superstars to the next level, then you're not doing your job as a leader. Right. And a lot of leaders, I imagine, if they're not good leaders, might be threatened by the idea of empowering and educating your Great second point. in command to be able to take over. That is a you have to be a strong leader, comfortable with that. And I, I think a lot of companies know, you know, that a lot of times does not happen. Right. And 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 you're gonna first of all, you're gonna lose that second you're gonna lose that second in command. They're gonna leave if they don't feel like they're being brought along. But you're also, if you're a real leader, you are looking forward to the company after you. Mm-hmm. If you're a good leader, you're also looking for the people to fill in the gaps in, in your skills as opposed to trying to hide those right. gaps. Yeah. Right, great could I Could I change the subject just a yes, little you, bit you based can. on uh, something that Jennifer brought up? And you talked about the quality department. Um, let's, let's go back to, to your analogy of the tree. And, you know, I'm going to ask the question, so who is the gardener? Is Is it the quality department and mm. frequently you know the baldridge used to be called the baldridge uh, national quality award program it's now performance excellence but in some organizations they make the mistake of saying okay this is the quality department's responsibility it's not the responsibility for a performance excellence journey is the senior leadership team and if the ceo and the rest of that team is not engaged, if they delegate this to the quality department, that's probably a pretty good predictor of not being as successful as that program could be. Right. This yeah. is right a point. senior leader initiative. Yeah, so leaders will often, senior leaders will often say, well, I my role doesn't allow me to do details. And that is, in fact, true. They're not, they're not on the front line running details. But there's other research, so the research of, of uh, Donald Hull and Rebecca Homkes points this out over a long-term longitudinal study. Strategy execution s- happens in the middle and is guided from the top. And, um, and what leaders have to understand is they have authority and therefore the accountability to make sure it happens, but they share responsibility with middle management and frontline to actually make it happen. And a good leader, like you said, recognizes what they can do and can't do 
and they realize that they need to use their authority to essentially shepherd or support the structure below them to make sure that, that, that they ultimately deliver value to the customer. In fact, I would argue it's the organization above them. I think it's a inverted leadership pyramid, and the model is servant leadership. I would agree. It's been a great and fascinating couple of shows. Paul, I'm so glad you joined us for both of them. He just looked at the clock. I, I told you time flies when you're discussing right. something that's fun and engaging. So thank you for joining us, Paul. But thank you also to our listeners for joining us on Leader Dialogue, presented by the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldrige Foundation. Remember, you can tune in every Friday at 1 if you want to listen to us live. And to hear this episode again or any of our other episodes, go to leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. Thank you to our producers, uh, one of which is still with us today. A couple of them buggered out early, didn't they? Yeah, all right, we'll give it to Mike. Mike, thank you so much for your help. And from all of us here, please join us next time on Business Radio X. Thank you. Thank you, Devin.